Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I want to have these important conversations. We thought expert advice from the professionals, nothing is off limits. Welcome to my podcast, Rach Leary Rated R. Welcome back everybody to another episode of Rach Leary Rated R. I am so excited about this episode. Do I say that every time? I feel like I do, but I think that's a good thing. Um, I think this episode is just so, so important. Like, it really, really is. And after this conversation, even I, you know, am making changes in my life when it comes to my period. As the episode title suggests, today we are talking all things periods. And really just nothing is off limits with this chat. Really just talking about all the problems that us women go through when it comes to our periods. What is normal? What is not? And who better to chat that with than the period girl? Her name is Nicole. Nicole, uh, I think it's Jardim. Jardim correct me if I'm wrong, um, I will leave all of her details in the description down below as well as her book called Fix Your Period. She also has her own podcast called The Period Party where they talk about, you know, so much more of the period problems that we go through. So if we don't cover it in this episode, I'm sure she has an episode on her podcast about an issue that you might be facing as well. Um, I think it's so important to talk about this kind of stuff. It's so important that if this is going to be like your sign, maybe you've been thinking like, oh, I want to go to the doctors about this. Is this normal? I don't really know. I know I am after this episode with her. For a while now, I had sort of thought maybe I want to get checked again for endometriosis. And I know that's like quite like the intro to this episode and quite like the the bomb drop. But, you know, as we're getting older, we need to prioritize these things. And as we talk about, I think women's problems with their bodies just get dismissed so easily, brushed under the covers. You know, like we just are expected to deal with so much that actually we may not really be needing to deal with. You know, that it might be something more than that. Um, so I really hope you find this episode helpful interesting and you can take something away from it obviously like the same with every episode but I just think this episode particularly is just super important we need to talk about it enough um and not necessarily normalize this because you know sometimes things going on with our periods aren't normal and that's what we need to be you know talking about and getting looked at so like I said I really hope you enjoy this episode and without further ado please welcome the amazing period girl Nicole Jardim Nicole, welcome to the show. I've been very eager to speak to you mainly because I think today's episode is actually going to help so many women listening because it's a topic I personally feel like we don't get enough education on. It isn't taken as seriously as it should be and just generally isn't spoken about enough and that's our period. So you are the perfect person to have on. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I, I appreciate it so much. I'm really excited. When I said I was having, I didn't say necessarily who it was, but when I said I was having a period expert on, and at the end we're going to tackle some questions submitted in by my followers, my DMs were full. And it, and it just goes to show how important this topic is. I feel like everyone's got, 
you know, so many questions and queries. And I knew I wanted to do an episode on understanding periods because not only because of my own journey, but like I said, because I know so many others possibly suffer in silence. And I particularly wanted to get mm. someone like you on who is specifically a woman's health coach. So can you tell us, you know, how you got into that and what sparked your interest into becoming a women's health coach? Yes, um, I always like to start off by saying that I was the unlikeliest women's health anything. Oh, really? <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even study biology in high school. <laughs> yeah, seriously, I was hopeless. I had no idea what was going on with my body. And, uh, you know, it actually goes even further back than that. I was 11 um, when my dad actually passed away really suddenly. And it oh, completely, sorry. thank you, um, but it completely changed the trajectory of my life. And for me, um, it, it was like right at puberty, right? The worst time basically ever for any girl. And so I remember getting my period, I think 12, probably a year later, and everything was fine. And I was really excited about it and you know all the things. And I remember then probably like 13, 14, things started to go a little haywire. I started noticing that period pain got worse and worse. And, and then I started to have heavier and heavier periods to the point where, you know, I was leaking through my school uniform at school, which is, you know, beyond mortifying. I feel like yep. every teenager can relate to this. And I feel like we always want our periods to start. And like when it starts, we're like, oh my God, is this it? This is finally it. And then when it actually arrives and we start really dealing with what it actually is, we're like, Okay, I wish this I wish this never happened. Never happened. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. And so for me, like that just is what it was for so many years. And then it started becoming really irregular. And I was like, okay, I don't know what's going on here. And so eventually I went to my mom's uh, gynecologist and she immediately put me on the pill and said, oh, this will take care of everything. This will regulate your cycle. Your period pain will go away and you know, your heavy periods will lighten. And I just thought, wait, what? <laughs> That's like the period panacea, sign me up. And so I was on it for five years. And while all of those terrible symptoms did disappear, I was at the point where I was having all of these other problems that were brought on by being on the pill and not ovulating for all of this time. And so this was, of course, now like chronic UTIs and yeast infections and hair loss and, you know, like melasma was developing all over my face. I remember a dermatologist said to me, oh, that usually only happens in pregnant women. Not sure what's going on with you. So you can imagine, right? It's like re-mortified right. all over again from my teenage years now through my early 20s. And and that really, you know, it led me to an acupuncturist because all the doctors were like, I don't know what's wrong with you. And there was so much testing and there was all kinds of things happening. And I, my gynecologist was a revolving door because of my UTIs and so right. fun. It's like you're 22 and you don't even want to have sex. Yeah. Do you know um, what? You've said so many things there that when um, I was going through my followers submissions, yes, that, that has happened to them as well. So the fact that you're saying that like all of these things happened to you as well, I hope sort of gives my listeners some, ex not like necessarily excitement, but obviously it just means that you're gonna give us some clarity on like w what that kind of stuff is. So obviously that must've sparked your interest in women's health in general, because it like obviously your period and what came from that tr sparked all these other things. It so did. how did you end up, I guess that's, or if there is like a different journey of how you ended up as the period girl because for my followers that may not know you nicole has her own podcast called the period party podcast as well as her own book literally called fix your period which we'll discuss at the end but she really do be the period girl by the sounds of it you've been through the runner with it so yeah tell us how you got got there Yes, I have. I know. It was really the catalyst, I think. And so after seeing all these doctors who basically kind of shrugged their shoulders and they were like, let's wait and see or whatever, you know how it is. Um, I finally saw an acupuncturist and he was the person who said to me, oh, the pill might be causing all these problems. And at first I thought, oh, this guy is not. Not to interrupt about. you, but can you just clarify yeah. what an acupuncturist is? I oh, yes, feel like absolutely. I know, but I don't know 100 percent. Of course. An acupuncturist is basically a Chinese medicine practitioner. Um, they use very thin needles in oh, right, certain yeah. meridian points on your body. And and so he was a traditional Chinese practitioner and Chinese medicine practitioner. And he was probably 75 <laughs> and very traditional. So he was like, yeah, this pill thing, it doesn't really work for your body because it's stopping you from ovulating. And ovulation is such a critical body process for females. Yeah. And yet we're never taught this. And so 
I came off the pill after working with him for a few months. And I was terrified because of course, when you come off the pill, if you've gone on, as everyone knows, for all of these health problems, you just don't know what you're gonna get when you get off of it. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so that was, you know, that's what happened to me. And it really was remarkable. I, I felt like a lot of the symptoms had diminished significantly. It took a while to get my period back, but I finally did get it back. And ultimately, I got on a different track in my life. And then suddenly I was way more interested in this women's health thing than I was in film production, which was what I was originally doing. <laughs> Yeah, so I did a major switch when I was in my early 30s and and that's and so like 10 11 years here I am. Wow, uh, doing so this work. I feel like when you experience something firsthand that just triggers passion and like wanting to help others um that could be going through the same because you can literally speak from a firsthand experience. Wow, do you know what? Acupuncture and periods, I would never have put them together as a or like as a diag like in in a way to like help with anything yeah but, um it does it really helps yeah wow. I've seen this and over and it's over funny again. that you went like it's I mean we're gonna get onto it later but you spoke that the guy that you went to that sort of maybe spoke to you about the pill causing those problems was that the acupuncturist was a man and I feel like like I said we're gonna get onto it later because I've had a personal experience of going to a male doctor and it not really being you know, the one, but like I said, we'll get onto that. Um, for the <laughs> yes. main section, and before we get into like specifics about things, yeah. I kind of want to take it back to basics. And if you, I mean, I know everyone is different, but can you tell us what is a healthy period? Like what it should look like and feel like, because- What we should be aiming for. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Right? What's the goal? What's the period goals? Yeah. <laughs> Period goals. I feel like that if needs to be If there even are any. Yeah, you know, first of all, I want to preface this by saying that we're all different, like you said, and there are going to be different parameters for each of us. But I think the most important thing to know is that there is such thing as a healthy period and a, a, a quote unquote normal period, although I don't love the word normal. Um, but yeah, you know, what I like to see is a period that lasts somewhere between three and seven days. I find that that is the range that usually is indicative of an ovulatory cycle, which I'll talk about in a second. And, you know, if it's over seven days, usually that indicates to me that you've got a heavy period, you're losing too much blood, uh, you know, there is some sort of hormonal stuff happening there that you probably want to address. It could be indicative of another condition too, like adenomyosis or fibroids or endometriosis, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, and then on, on the other side of that, if it's under two days, usually that indicates to me that your uterine lining just didn't build up enough. Uh, for you know for you to lose enough blood and so you might not have ovulated in that cycle and some of us we have two-day periods and we're rocking life and that's good but it's important I think to know that on either end of that spectrum it can be you know there it can be indicative of problems and I think right. that's the most amazing thing about periods in general is that we have this built-in mechanism that allows us to determine what's going on with our health on a on an almost monthly basis and that is an amazing thing men do not have this <laughs> they don't yeah. really have any barometer of right. what's going on with their health and so if we can sort of flip the script around how we view periods as being this terrible thing this nuisance um, we can really start to you know have a better experience with our bodies and with our cycles and so that's you know that's the length of the period I think the other thing is cycle length so that's the cycle entirely and so basically what you're looking for there is somewhere between 25 and 35 days like that's my goal for my clients the science says 21 to 35 days I find 21 days is a little bit short though and the yeah. reason I say that is because you need to have a sufficient enough luteal phase and so that's the second half of your cycle after ovulation happens in order to be considered for it to be considered a fertile cycle um, because that little follicle releases an egg on your ovary and then it travels down the fallopian tube and if you were wanting to get pregnant and we're not all wanting to get pregnant by any means but your body is that's kind of the goal yeah. um, and so we avoid that in different ways but if that if that egg gets you know to the uterine lining and it's already starting to shed because you have a shorter luteal phase um, it won't implant. And so I think that it's right. so important for us to remember that this process is for is for pregnancy, but the goal, uh, you know, but our goals are different. But overall health is determined by this yeah. process. It's funny that you say that because on a different podcast, I was talking to someone. Um, I mentioned how it's 
in school sex education and when the lesson is about periods the the topic is how to not get pregnant that yes. is that's what you're taught but then you know you're not really addressing real life problems is that not everyone can and like what to do when that happens and how your you know your period actually might be telling you that there's like you know something wrong and and stuff like that and that's what yeah that's why I feel like talking about this kind of stuff is very important especially as you get older like you said not everyone wants to get pregnant and like that's why we go to the doctors just to like I don't want to get pregnant so what's the best you know option for me but it's just as important to really talk about how to get pregnant because it's actually a lot harder than people people think it is and then mm-hmm. add added like maybe other difficulties it, it, it is actually hard and it's actually really upsetting for people that you know can't and they and their period might be a telling sign of that so it's obviously better to learn about this stuff sort of you know early on so yeah. I guess another thing um that I want to ask is mm-hmm. why is it that some people have more severe period cramps than others because speaking on a personal experience yeah and you might be able to comment on this when I was younger I used to get them horrendously like I would actually pass out like I've oh. I'd get out the sh- I remember this one time I was at my granny's house and I was going for a run and I remember on the run being like thinking because actually my PE teacher when I was younger if ever I in class in a PE lesson I'd be like I can't do it like I, my tummy really hurts she'd be like actually Rachel as much as you want to like crawl up into a ball exercise is actually really good for like relieving the pain like to stretch and like keep moving so yeah when I got these really bad pains I remember I went for a run and then I got back I went and I was having a shower I like had to crawl out of the shower and my mum found me like on the floor and I was like you know it's like I've got such bad period pains but my mum used to get them really badly as well like she told me the story that she passed out on a bus once because they were so bad so I just assumed that that was hereditary like is that you know, yeah. oh, possible girl. is a period pains hereditary. <laughs> like, like are, are se- severe period pains a sign of a normal period? Because I feel like actually, I hear more and more these days, your period's not meant to be like that painful. It's no, no, it's not. I love right. that you have said all of the things you've said. I'm, <laughs> I want to, I'm bursting. I'm like, let me, let me tell her yeah, all these go, things. Yeah, go, go, go. Yeah, I mean, there's so many things. And I think I had that same experience as yeah, like, well. Literally, when my you mom were talking was like, earlier, I was like, yeah. oh my God, let me, I can't wait to share mine because same. It's so terrible. I mean, but this is the story, right? That's been passed down that, oh, you know, my mom had these terrible period pains or my mom had endometriosis or my mom had fertility problems. So this is sort of, inherited trait that we're going to get to and have to struggle with as well and I want to debunk this because I fundamentally do not believe that this is how it's supposed to be what I find most infuriating is that pain in a in your body in general is never considered normal right we go to different doctors for pain when it comes like if we hurt our ankle or our knee or we have migraines we go see a freaking neurologist but yet when we have uterine pain, <laughs> our uterus is causing us problems, we suddenly uh, have to just accept that and it's just a normal thing. That makes absolutely no sense. The fact that this has been perpetually normalized is, I, I think it's outrageous and it's just evident of a misogynistic society that we basically all have to live in. And I really think it needs to change because we're under the belief that period pain is completely Uh, biologically normal but I say it's basically statistically normal but it's not biologically normal and so we have to shift that perception for sure right so really like really painful periods aren't it's it's not meant to be like but why I can describe what you should be aiming for so with a period like with period pain the idea here is that period pain should not disrupt your life it should not be something that is causing you to fall out of the bathroom onto the on uh, out of the shower onto the floor. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, let me you take some notes. You, you take not some notes, normal. girl. <laughs> <laughs> but what you you know, I think that obviously your uterus is cramping, right? Like, and I'm going to talk about this. I'll talk about why some of us have more pain than others and reasons why. But yes, your uterine muscles, that smooth muscle, is cramping or it's like contracting. So to get the blood out, so it makes sense. Like there might be some cramping. You might feel that. I think that if you have to take more than two ibuprofen or, you know, in the U.S. it's Advil or Aleve or one of those. I think you guys do naproxen. Something we literally like that. have something called Feminax, which is which 
yeah, we have mydol. Severe period pains. Yeah, literally. It's ridiculous. I know. So yes, if you have to take more than two pills I in a whole period, then I think there you should really look into that. Like I think that there should there is probably something else going on. And right. so yes. So that's where really the benchmark. And so I would say there's two things here. There's two types of period pain. There's primary dysmenorrhea and then there's secondary dysmenorrhea. And so primary refers just to cramping related solely to what your uterus is doing. And so basically when you're feeling that, all you're feeling is those uterine muscles doing what they're supposed to do, right? They're pushing this blood out. Um, Secondary amenorrhea is basically driven by a condition or something like that. And so usually this is endometriosis, um, uterine fibroids, a condition called adenomyosis. And so I'll, I'll break these three down because I feel like they're the most prevalent. So endometriosis is, is basically like a complex inflammatory disease. And what it is is that there's you know tissue that is kind of similar to the tissue that lines your uterine lining. It grows in other parts outside of the uterus. And what is happening is it it just causes like this inflammatory response over and over again throughout the cycle. So it's definitely influenced by the hormonal cycle of your menstrual cycle and it causes this excruciating pain. And there are lots of other symptoms too. You know, there's like uh, major lower abdomen bloating. Um, It can cause pain with sex. It can cause pain with urination. Um, it causes just a sort of chronic pelvic pain. Pain you might feel it uh, in you know many days before your period actually even begins. So these are some of the symptoms of endometriosis. Um, it's oftentimes accompanied by bowel issues as well, like bowel disorders, like IBS and SIBO. So my point here is that you know this is a condition that is it's it's complex and it's a little complicated because it can't be diagnosed by just. Um, you know, by just like whatever basic any, you know, like basic testing, like blood testing or something like that. It needs to actually be diagnosed by laparoscopic surgery um, because they have to go in and actually see if the tissue exists. They're getting, they're slowly moving towards a better diagnostics. But yeah. with that said, these symptoms are all pretty exclusive to endometriosis. So I feel like if you have had really severe pain from the time you're really young um, or any of the other symptoms I've been describing, then it's definitely time to go and see a doctor and get a referral to uh, you know, figure out whether you might have endometriosis or not. There's also yeah. a lot of dietary and lifestyle things you can do. Um, fibroids, again, those are just these tumors, benign tumors that grow in the uterine, you know, inside the uterus and um, or on the outside of the uterus. But they can cause heavy and prolonged bleeding and sometimes pain. And then adeno is a condition where the uterine lining actually grows into the muscular wall of the uterus. And so this causes... Uh, the the lining to thicken a lot and you just have really heavy bleeding and and possibly um, a lot of pain as well and sometimes it's combined with endometriosis so there are definitely conditions here that are causing you know these problems and this is why it's so important for us to use our menstrual cycles as a barometer for our overall health like you have these symptoms they should never be normalized they should never be dismissed you should advocate hard for yourself and and that requires us learning about our bodies and that's kind of a radical act in our society because as you said right this information has really been shrouded in secrecy for so long yeah well so like i feel like you always hear people that have like such bad period pains and like really heavy period. I feel like every girl I know has really bad period pains and, and stuff, but you know, it's so yeah. that's, can you, can you have bad period pains and have a heavy period without you, there being like an actual a problem issue? Yeah. Yes. Yes, you can. And so that was the primary dysmenorrhea I, what, yeah, I was talking I about. What, so confusing. It is. I agree. And so this is why, you know, when we institute, Uh, you know, some diet and lifestyle changes, this can shift dramatically. So primary dysmenorrhea, one of the main causes is high levels of these substances called prostaglandins. So they're kind of like hormones, um, but not really. And so they're released in large amounts right as you get your period because they are what causes the uterus to contract. And so prostaglandins basically exist throughout our bodies. Um, And we have different kinds of prostaglandins. We have some pro-inflammatory and some anti-inflammatory prostaglandins. And their goal really is to contract the muscles, um, you know, stimulate inflammation, constrict blood flow, uh, you know, that kind of thing. So essentially that is, you know, going to 
help us have our period. So when you shed your endometrial lining, all of these prostaglandins are released and you know it causes this contraction. <clears throat> anyway, so higher levels of prostaglandins, the pro-inflammatory ones, will cause more severe uterine contractions, which you know lead to more of these painful cramps that are so familiar to us. So that's the whole point, right? It comes down to so much of what's happening in our in our everyday lives versus our genetics. Because you talked about this, right? Like, is it just that my mom had it so I'm supposed to have it? I don't fundamentally believe that. I feel like our genes play a really minute part because right. your genetics are your genetics, but it's how you're living your life and you know what you're, what you're putting into your body and what you're exposed to on a regular basis that is going to turn on and off certain genes. And it's going to show, it's, or they're going to be responsible for how your genes express themselves. So when I say that, I'm talking about what are you eating? How are you eating? Are you drinking tons of caffeine? Are you eating a lot of sugar? Because sugar is really inflammatory. Are you sleeping properly? Are you, um, you know, are you taking care of yourself? Are you getting actual rest? Are you just going a thousand miles an hour and not taking care of yourself at all? I mean, there's like a million other things, but you get the right. gist. Yeah. Yeah. So this is how this all works. And so I feel like if you are you know, if you are super inflamed, which many of us are because this is the society that we live in and a lot of the things that we do just to get through our day are like coping mechanisms in a society that is not really meant for female bodies. We're, we're not, it's very difficult for us to thrive. Like I said, it's a, a bit of a radical act yeah. to be able to take care of yourself in the world that we live in currently. You know, you're so right. And speaking of things like that we put in, to our bodies and I feel like this specific topic is going to be what majority of people maybe of any age but probably like mid-20s teens uh that sort of thing can relate to and is that our the topic of our periods being affected by the pill or birth control and again speaking from my personal experience I am on a pill and, and I have been for a while but I was actually put on it like you to help with my period, the period cramps I was getting, uh, not yeah. for sexual reasons, which saying out loud doesn't really sound right, like you said, because it's a birth control, but if I'm not on it for like birth control reasons, it's kind of a bit like there must be some other way. But um, I've not had any bad experience from being on it, and I know some people suffer with bad skin or like they feel like... Um, they're really moody or something, obviously, because it, it, mm -hmm. it's affecting your hormones and that and that's why. But for me, it's actually been fine. And uh, I know we said about period goals, but it gives me a nice period. It's about three to four days long. It's not too heavy. I don't get those cramps anymore. But I heard, obviously, something from another podcast um, the other day that um, said that that break in your uh, pill cycle, when you come off the pill for a week it isn't actually a real period. Like, that's not your period. So, that's you know, nice. how can you go in? I know it's probably going to be so, so complex. So, like, maybe in, it's like, a summarized, really. easy way, like, how <laughs> does the pill affect our menstrual cycle and, like, particularly in the long run? Because a lot of my follower submissions as well are saying how they've been on it for, you know, five-plus years. Should I come off? I Like, because mm -hmm. I feel like, even I can relate to this, I don't actually know probably what my, I'm putting quotation marks up here, like real period is anymore. Right, yes, okay. So I there are a few things here. I think the first thing to know is that the reason they say it's not a real period is because the mechanism by which the pill works is that it shuts down this body process called ovulation, like I was saying. And so when we're ovulating, we are producing all of these hormones, right? We're producing estrogen and progesterone and testosterone in varying amounts. Um, I shared about this on Instagram recently. I showed a, a snapshot of a, a period that's anovulatory or on the pill versus a, a cycle that is not. And the hormone fluctuations are drastically different. And so what is happening here, it's almost like, it, this sounds terrible and I don't want to freak you out because I know you're on the pill, but it's kind of like chemical castration in a way because what is happening is we are shutting down our ovarian function um, in order to protect ourselves from getting pregnant or in your instance and many others to prevent from having all of these symptoms. And so unfortunately, this isn't treating the root cause of those symptoms. It's essentially just 
turning off your ovarian function and taking all that hormone production offline. And so it's replacing it with synthetic estrogen and progesterone. So ethanol, estradiol, and a progestin. There's multiple kinds. And so you're getting some of the estrogen in the first half of the pill package. Um, and that is basically sort of quote unquote mimicking that estrogen buildup in the first half of your cycle. And then you switch and you take progestin. And so these two hormones uh, override the signals from your actual hormones and your brain never gets the message to, you know, stimulate the follicles on your ovary to get to ovulation and then ovulation would happen. And so when you don't ovulate, you're not having a real period. You're just having what is known as a hormone withdrawal bleed or a pill bleed. And so that is essentially what's happening because those pills that you take are just sugar pills. So when the progestin that's in those the second half of your pill pack um, starts to leave your body, that's a signal, just like if progesterone drops at the end of your cycle, um, that your uterine lining now should shed. So that progesterone or progestin, when it falls, it's, it's causing the uterine lining to shed. And then you have your, you know, pill bleed or you have your yeah. real period, depending on what you're doing. So that's essentially what's going on there. I think one of the biggest problems with this is that we have resorted to treating all female ills with a pill. <laughs> and yeah. that's, that's a huge issue because as I said before, what if someone has endometriosis? Because this is a, a quite debilitating disease and it, it gets worse and worse if you're on the pill and just sort of ignoring it. And again, I don't want to scare anyone, but I want everyone to understand that knowledge truly is power and having this information about your body can change your life. And so ultimately, yeah, we don't want to be ignoring potential period problems because they're almost always indicative of something going on a little bit deeper below the surface. Well, do you know what? I'm going to speak on my personal experience to just help anyone else listening that might be thinking, oh, shit, like may maybe there is something because the way that you're, the way that you were describing it, I actually went, um, it happened like probably like a couple of years ago now. Yeah. I said I was going to speak about this. I went to a doctor. It was a male doctor um, a long time ago now. Um, after actually discovering what endometriosis was, because um, like I said, I'd been complaining about period pains. Um, they were really bad. I was I was Googling the symptoms. Um, and a lot of them were happening when I was would be on my period and like not yeah. um, on the pill. So I'll give a couple of examples. Yeah, like the severe period pains. Um, I also used to get um, almost like shooting pains if I went to the toilet, if you know what I yeah. mean. Um, yes. And I expressed these concerns to the doctor and he, I can remember, I was sat there because I kind of was saying like, you know, I think I want to, uh, I don't know. If I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're the right person to come to. I feel like I want like a, a scan. Do I need to be referred to a gynecologist? He literally told me that that was normal and just put me on a different pill. Um, and it was just dismissed. And like I, and that was kind of the last conversation that I sort of really had. And I don't know. I feel like when you go to the doctor anyway, especially about something that's like anything to do with your bits or whatever, everyone's <laughs> always a bit nervous anyway so to go and sort of just basically tell him like I'm in so much like uh, my period pains are really bad it's painful when I go to the toilet like it that felt not like embarrassing but to pluck up the courage and sit there and talk to someone about that it's take so bit, vulnerable like, yeah you put yes. yourself out there and then kind of not to be like shot down but like dismissed it it made me never want to do that 
again. But of course, yeah. But you know, what do you think doctors are taking period problems seriously enough? And like, what information should doctors be giving? Because I feel like even after this conversation with you, I'm literally like, right, I'm not gonna go back on the pill this month because there's no need to really like. I don't have like a partner that like I need to be on birth control for. Right. I want to see what my period is saying. And I think mm-hmm. I need to be, I, I don't even want to go to the doctor. I want to go straight to someone that's going to take me seriously because. I got people for you. Don't yeah, I, I just yes. turned 25 <laughs> and I feel like the, when I spoke to that guy, I must have been like 21. Maybe that was like four like four years ago. And if you're saying things like like endometriosis just get worse and if they're just getting masked by the pill. Um, yeah. You know, kids is never something that I was like I have ever really been like oh I really want kids but you've you always want the option you know and I know and I know if endometriosis uh is left untreated it can actually affect fertility so yeah Mm -hmm. what what do you think doctors need to be doing when people come to them with problems like this I feel like yeah they just think it's effort it's easy to just give a pill and be like take it it is I think that, you know, it's it's indicative of a fundamental problem in medicine in general. And that is you are you're you have to see a certain amount of people. You don't have very much time. There's not a lot of money if you're at least in the U.S. Right. If you're not seeing a certain number of people and then in the U.K. or any country with socialized medicine, it's 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 very similar in that they're just overworked and underpaid and there's not a whole lot of. Um, of room to explore other options. So I think that that is one of the biggest problems in in medicine, modern medicine. So I don't fault them uh, totally. However, um, we have a it's we have a situation that's rampant where women are perpetually dismissed. I just went ranting about this online the other day <laughs> because no, true, we though. we're totally gaslighted. We are totally dismissed, and our experience of life is apparently um, is a bit less than than men. And so our you know for us our quality of life just should just be like this, like you described. And so when you're a teenager and you are you're a teenager. I mean, you're, you've just gone through puberty. Life is just mortifying in general. Of course, going to the doctor requires an immense amount of courage to talk about these really, what I consider to be really mortifying, embarrassing topics. I was, I was terrified. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to say to this woman, but I just, I'm going to say what I'm saying. I always rehearse like a speech. I'm like, right. right, When I sit down, how am I going to say this? And I feel like whenever I just sit in a chair, I just word vomit and I'm like, oh my God, I'm bleeding a lot and everything hurts and help me. Exactly. And I think that we either do that or we completely clam up and we just say, oh, okay, you know, and then you're speaking with a doctor who is in a position of power. They are usually considerably smarter than all of us because they are, you know, they've gone to school for 10 years. And and so there's this perception that, you know, it's like doctor is God and um, and we're just lowly mortals. And so we're just hoping that they're going to take us seriously. And I think that that is a major issue as well that I think we come up against. Um, But ultimately, uh, you know, nobody knows your body better than you do. I think that that's the thing that I want to drive home for everybody is that you know your body. And from a long time ago, we have been told not to trust our bodies, right? We go to the doctor, we're sick, and they're like, oh, okay, just take this pill or take this medicine or whatever, and then we're better. And so when we're younger, they're able to help us. But when things become more chronic as we get older, they can't really help with that anymore because that those chronic issues are deeply rooted in you know our lifestyle and our everyday living and how we're eating and all of it. And so I think that that's, you know, that's where the power comes back to us because we're now able to take control of the situation and we don't necessarily need a mainstream medical doctor. Like there are tons of practitioners out there now who are doing all kinds of amazing things and can genuinely help you figure out what's going on. There's so much testing available now um, to different practitioners who are not doctors. And there's also, you know, lots of, of ways to, of interventions, of ways to start to feel better. So I think that that should be the message that's driven home, that you're not broken, that there is hope and that you're, you can feel better. So if you feel like, like, I'm literally just speaking from me now, if you, there's the possibility that you might have endometriosis, do you have to go through your doctor to get that, um, 
what did you say it was the well there's you know there are multiple ways um you know that they kind of try to determine a condition like endometriosis if someone has it but the the quote-unquote gold standard is to do what is a lap called a laparoscopic surgery so it's like a keyhole surgery to explore and see whether there's endometriosis lesions present in you know usually in the abdomen um and and then from there if there is Again, depending on the person's goals, you would probably have what's known as excision surgery. Um, and that removes it. So it takes it out kind of at the root. And then when you couple that with the diet and lifestyle changes that are really effective for a condition like this, you really don't have to have another surgery again. Like this is the goal. It's to never have that again. But to get, I, that, that, to get that initial surgery to even check, do you have to be referred by your doctor because I feel like that's what I was trying to do yes. like back then but he said no so I'm like well once I go again and they say no like I like I, how do I like sort of not like ignore the doctors but just be like look like let me let me go and check yeah. for god's sake like why do I need your permission to like check if that do you see what I'm saying Oh, totally. I see what you're saying. And I think it just depends on the country that you live in and the insurance company that you have and all of those kinds of things. But ultimately, yes, a, you know, a good gynecologist should absolutely refer you to an endometriosis specialist. A gynecologist specialist. over a standard doctor. Yeah, yes, I would start there okay. for sure. Yes, Fab. I would definitely start there. I would go <laughs> Me, to like, a gynecologist. Like, get a yes. gynecologist. Got it. <laughs> Yes, a gynecologist. And then you would want to be we you would want to be referred to an endometriosis specialist. Again, this is these doctors are rare. I mean, this is one of the biggest problems, right? It's a very underfunded disease. And I wanna to say too that not all of us have endometriosis, right? Like you can have very painful periods and it's just based on like what I was talking about with that inflammation as being an underlying factor and it triggering uh, you know, high levels of those pro-inflammatory prostaglandins. So once we start to, you know, change our diet, maybe we cut out sugar for a few weeks. I mean, cutting out sugar has to be one of the most remarkable really? uh, ways to reduce period pain. Yes. Right. Because when you have like this elevated blood sugar constantly, you ha you're stuck in this blood sugar roller coaster and blood sugar actually inflames your body. Like it's, it's a whole scientific process. Don't need to get into it. But like elevated blood sugar inflames you. And so if you're chronically inflamed like that, you're going to feel it in certain areas. For some of us, we get migraines. For others of us, we get period pain and others have joint pain. You know, so it, it really depends on your genetics, so to speak, there, like your genetic weak link. But yeah, like that and vegetable oils. Like if we cut out those omega-6 rich vegetable oils, like canola and sunflower and safflower and all of these oils that are, you know, basically so highly processed and so inflammatory, it's game-changing. Like those two right. things alone could change everything for some I people. I feel like with a lot of problems, people just always have the mindset of like, I'd rather not know type thing and just like yeah. deal with it. But I feel like when it comes to periods, wouldn't you just rather be like, right, okay, I know it's bad, but there's actually nothing wrong rather than right, I know it's bad, but I'm not going to do, I don't want to like know if it's more of a problem if that makes sense so i feel like that's going to be on my list of things to do guys let's all just go together if you're feeling a little bit question mark about your period let's all just come together and decide we're going to go and just put it to bed and just know for sure but um i do want to move on because um yeah i've got a lot of follower questions and i also want to talk about your book at the end oh, um, yes. so i'm going to go through my followers submissions okay um, they titled it all of their period problems so do you can i'm not sure if you're going to be able to answer all of these but we shall see and um, one that actually i thought might be more relevant to current times is someone submit uh sent me in a question saying they think that the covid vaccine has messed up my cycle causing me to come on every two weeks at the moment and i've heard lots of people have had the same issue since or theirs have actually just completely stopped have you also had people come to you about the effects of the COVID vaccine on their period. Yeah, you know, I posted about this on Instagram a few times um, back in like March or April when the vaccines were just being rolled out, at least in the US. And I uh, and there were hundreds of women actually, I think, who commented talking really? about the symptoms that they were having. And that was very in the short term because it had just been in the first few months of the process. I feel like I might want to post about it again to find out to see people what still... it's like six months later. I will say though that it was it was kind of denied or 
swept under the rug for a while there, which infuriates me because again, the gaslighting of women's experiences in the, with their bodies is just rampant. And so basically, um, there is now research underway studying this. So they are studying the effects of the vaccine on menstrual cycles. Remember though, I want everyone to be reminded that your, your period is the canary in the coal mine, right? So if there is something going on in your body, it's going to be the first to tell you. And so when you take the vaccine, you know, it elicits, it sort of mounts an immune response in your body, right? There is an inflammatory response happening and it can throw off ovulation, which, you know, if you don't ovulate, then you might not get a period or you might just bleed every two weeks like the person who wrote in. So again, it depends, right? We're all different and we respond differently to different stimuli, but ultimately, yes, like I have seen this over and over again. She's certainly not alone. This is a thing that's happening. Yeah, yeah I think it will be. Good. So if you were the person that submitted that question, um, mm-hmm. I guess the question is, what have you literally recently just got the vaccine? Because it might just be your body's initial response and definitely yeah. keep an eye on it. If this continues to happen with every cycle going forward, then, you know, m- maybe go to like a doctor about it and just like express your concerns. But by the sounds of it, it sounds quite common after you've kind of just had it your body's adjusting um so fingers crossed your cycle um returns sort of back to normal it's funny you know when it was originally the vaccine was rolling out and obviously it's all the men like in power like commenting on it and so many like i think a lot of countries were quite hesitant because of the side effects and then you see these these like i see a lot of tiktoks now of men opening up the side effects pamphlet that comes with just the pill and that's still you know women are expected to take that obviously like we just do that and there was like the smallest possibility that the vaccine was going to give like and it would affect men obviously that got the vaccine like a blood clot and they were like nope not having it and it's like right okay try try being a girl for a second and yeah we'll, we'll see but um, we would so- I mean Rachel we would never ever say to men like we're just gonna turn off your testicular function uh, so that you can't get pregnant or you can't get someone pregnant like we would never do that we've never done it because they've complained pill, about the side effects yeah they, it's never happened joke. because they complained about the side effects so they stopped the trials for the male birth control pill like a few years What's, ago there was a there was genuine oh, yeah. trial for oh, yeah. that trials yeah and they stopped it you know what they're complaining of depression low libido <laughs> hmm, i can go on sounds Headaches. familiar yeah sounds exactly familiar. Yeah, um, I know. Another problem that was submitted was I have been on the contraceptive injection for almost five years now, which completely stopped me having a period. I always worry if this is doing me any damage, as I know it is healthy to have a period. Mm-hmm. Um, great question. So in the US, that's known as the Depo-Provera shot. I'm not sure what you guys call it. It might be the same thing. Um, but yes, it's a, yeah, you're like, I have no idea. <laughs> I, well, I mean, I've only ever, because right. I've never gone on any sort of uh, contraceptiveness for like relationship reasons. And I know a lot of people go on the like injection or the actual like implant the implant because they're in long-term relationships and it's just easier than you know taking a pill so the terms are unfamiliar to me but I'm assuming this girl is coming from a relationship like contraceptive standpoint yeah and it makes sense and so so basically the injection is um a a progestin base uh as far as I know and so what that does is it almost it has so progesterone your project your actual hormone that you make in that second half of your cycle what it does is kind of like smooth out thin your uterine lining so it thins it out estrogen's the builder hormone progesterone smooths it out um, and thins it out so progestin is sort of like a an elevated version of that and so it can thin out your lining to the point where you don't have a period that's why the morena iud um which is the hormonal iud it also has progestin in it and so when you put it into your uterus it can slow down bleeding or stop it completely so that's essentially what is probably happening with this person um I, you know, the thing with these hormones is that they, you know, they don't necessarily, at least with the IUD, it doesn't necessarily stop you from ovulating, although I see it does stop a lot of people from ovulating. Uh, I'm pretty sure with a depo shot that it's stopping ovulation, you're not bleeding at all. So it's, you know, it's yeah, kind she, of the same as any hormonal birth control. Five, five years. Yeah. 
I mean, so that's, you know, that's the difference with the Mirena IUD or the hormonal IUD is that you might still be ovulating, but because that is emitting progestin in your uterus, it's thinning out your lining so much that you're just not bleeding anymore. So um, can you still get pregnant then if you're on it, if you're ovulating, but there's no... You can. Blood. Yeah, there is, there is no, I mean, there's no birth control method that is 100% effective. I, I just did a series on the copper IUD and now I'm doing one on the hormonal IUD. And um, there are multiple women who commented last week talking about how, uh, you know, they just, this one lady was like, I'm six weeks pregnant and no IUD in sight. So they can migrate as well. So these are important things I think for people to know about because they're not always informed of the full uh, you know, fully informed of the potential side effects and the benefits, and that's called fully informed consent. So yeah, I would say with the depot shot or the shot that she's on, it's likely that she's not ovulating and that, you know, that's why she's not getting a period and she should consider, um, you know, if that's what she wants, if that works for her. I mean, I can't say one way or another because we're on a podcast, but ultimately, like I can say that ovulation just has massive benefits. It's not just about fertility and your cycle. It's about your bone health, your brain function, which is why so many women complain of depression and mood disorders yeah. being on the pill because estrogen and progesterone play a role in your cognitive and brain function, um, your heart health, your weight, your skin, your hair. I mean, I could go on. These hormones are critical for so many body processes. I think, yeah, I think if you've been on uh, medication for something like this, obviously it's not like, well, actually I can't speak on behalf of it, but like if it's not 100% necessary that you're on it like all of the time, I think it, like anything, it's good to just reset and just check things are like, yeah. okay, and then, you know, give yourself a break just I to agree. sort of see, I think I'm, I think I'm going to do that. I'm literally after this episode, like I'm going to do that just to, just to sort of see, you know, you know, it, it, it was doing what it was meant to do and it's not hiding anything. So if you're like worried about it, uh, you've been on it for five, like you just said like five years, if it's not a hundred percent crucial that you're on it, maybe just give yourself a break and just sort of see, um, how your body is like without it if, if you're genuinely concerned and i'm assuming that you are because you you sent in um a question so if you don't need to be on it take a break i feel like you could apply that to most things in life um just yeah. to just just to be able to um just to really sort of see what your body's saying um yeah. which i'm just gonna see which ones because we had a lot to be fair i think you sort of mentioned this earlier someone said yeah. I always seem to get a yeast infection when I'm on my period. Is there any reason why that is? I primarily use a cup, but this issue happens with pads, tampons, or anything that I use. Yes. Oh my God, it's so common. So usually that's rooted in um, vaginal microbiome disruption that's oftentimes connected to gut microbiome uh, disruption. And your microbiome is basically your bacterial balance in the vagina, um, in your gut, and because, uh, you know, where, when you go to the bathroom, everything's really close down there for us girls. So it's all connected. And so there could be transference of bacteria from your colon to your vagina. And, you know, so it's, it can cause problems. But with period blood, it changes the pH of your vaginal canal. And so this is really common for a lot of us uh, to have this sort of change in um, bacterial uh, balance. So your vagina is typically very acidic. And so the blood just changes, lowers that acidity. And so you're, you're more prone to these kinds of infections. Um, <clears throat> I would say, you know, what I found to be really effective for a lot of women, and again, I can't offer any kind of medical advice or specific advice, so please look into it, but look into boric acid. I feel like that, you know, vaginal suppositories, boric acid, um, that is, can be really helpful for just the bacterial imbalance and look into, um, you know, taking a, a vaginal, pro, like a vaginal probiotic, uh, you can take one oral, orally and it, you know, is helpful for the vaginal, um, like microbiome so right. that's an option yeah okay good yeah. That, I feel like that's that's good to know yeah definitely like look into these things but I feel like neither of us are completely like me well I'm absolutely not but like medical <laughs> professionals so before anything obviously like if you're generally concerned and it's really bad like obviously go to a doctor but that's something to like have a look into and see if it works I feel like your pH is something that you just don't want to upset so I don't know if there's any additional things that you might be doing like I don't know if maybe you're on like a heavy period um as well and then 
because I feel like for me sometimes when I'm on a heavy period, the temptation, well, to be fair, I will admit that I do, but supposedly there's specific ones. The temptation to use like wipes instead of just like mm -hmm. tissue is like really high because otherwise I feel like I'm not yes. like, I'm not like clean, but I obviously know that sometimes if you're not, if you're using wipes that aren't really designed for that, that just upsets the pH. So if you're upsetting your pH even more and like you are doing those kind of things too, that might be a trigger as well. I have, I, I have absolutely no idea. That was just a no, guess, but so I just true. suddenly thought like when you mentioned about pH, I was like, there's so many things that can upset a pH. Again, with the same things, um, things that you eat can upset the pH, like fragranted yeah. products can upset your pH. So just make sure, um, maybe like try using completely unfragranted, unscented, just un anything products when it comes to down there, if you are using ones there, cause that might yeah. also help maybe. I feel like- Huge, yeah, it's that, huge. That might yes. take I'm huge so spot. glad you brought that up because it's brilliant. Right? Yes. I feel Anyone like a lot of people wouldn't- using scented products. We've been led to believe our vaginas are supposed to smell like flowers. They're really yeah. not everybody. And yeah, so that can massively cause problems. Like yeah. I see it all the time. It's We always want it to smell good down there. And when you associate yeah. things with smelling good, you associate it with perfume, but that is like not good to use down there. But um, yes. one thing that I feel like a couple of people sent in two sort mm -hmm. of similar things. And I also want to clarify a couple of things on this too. Someone said, are blood clots normal in periods? I always get them and I get so scared when I see them. Now, I just want to clarify that, like, also, like, what what is a blood clot? Because I know when you're on your period, sometimes there's, like, is it, like, discharge covered in blood? That might, you might be like, oh, my God, what the hell is that? But that's just discharge covered in blood. It's not necessarily a blood clot so is well number one are blood clots in periods normal i'm assuming probably not but two like can you just like uh describe like the difference in like appearance so people know yeah yeah no this is a great question um it's so funny i'm always like it depends uh because <laughs> blood clots are not abnormal but it depends on the size so right. if they're like an inch or bigger uh, which is about 2.2 centimeters, I think, or close to two and a half centimeters um, or bigger. And they're making your blood flow more clumpy. So it doesn't really flow like maple syrup or flow smoothly. Then I think that that's kind of an issue. Um, so if you are, you know, if your blood is like mostly clumpy or blood clotty, then yes, you probably want to look into that. Um, so that's the thing that I think you should be paying attention to. However, little clots are not a big deal because you're, what you're losing is blood. You're losing, uh, the uterine lining. So this is tissue and there's other fluids involved in that as well. So it's just a combination of things. Um, so I would say that it just really depends on what it looks like. Uh, and I also think too, that you know, this is where what I think it, what is so helpful is things like uterine massage. And you can go, you can work with someone who does something called Mayan abdominal massage therapy, and they can really work on, uh, you know, supporting your uterus, the alignment of the uterus. And you could even work with a pelvic physical therapist. They also work with the uterus and the placement of it because it's held in place by all these ligaments. And if there's something going on with your hips or there's misalignment in your body, your uterus is going to be affected by that. Just wearing high heels perpetually can be a problem. I know your face. <laughs> right. It can be a problem. Another right? excuse because not to wear heels, right? I'm never wearing I know. them again. Girl, you're 25. You've got some time. <laughs> I'm done with all that. <laughs> but yeah, so I think that it just really depends. But the idea here is that your blood should really flow. It shouldn't just be, it shouldn't be hindered by lots of clots. Right. So, yeah. so because I've had periods before where... Oh my god, is this gonna be like really gross? But I feel fine. I'm just like I feel like it just it, it must happen to other people. But you get it's not like it, it's like it's it is like blood colored discharge that also comes out that you're just a bit like oh like yeah like what like the, but that's normal right right yeah I'm like it is please. no it really is I think that you know when you're talking about the color and what it should look like like a really dark I red kind of almost like yeah discharge consistency but it's red so you're like yeah is that's that basically that just, what you're going that's just for. coming out with like the flow that's what you're it. going for that's right. what you're going for yes it's Thank discharge God. consistency exactly be like, yes um that's no that's not never 
and a lot of people are freaked out by the color as well. Like the goal is that you're aiming for a red color. It doesn't need to be bright red. It doesn't need to be any of that. It could be darker red. It could be a little lighter red. You just, if you're only, if your blood is like just pink, then to me, that's, that means that again, that lining hasn't really built up. You might not have ovulated. So that's something to think about. And if it's super dark, like brown or black, which can happen too, you know, that is a stagnation thing to me. And that's where I think like the physical working on the pelvic, you know, floor health and the uterine massage, things like that can be really useful. Uh, castor oil packs, vaginal steaming, all of this is, the idea here is that I know, right? I'm not, I feel like that's a controversial topic, but all of this can be really helpful for blood circulation because if you think about it, we're sitting all day long, right? And we're sitting in our, we're like bent in half and the, our organs are right there. We're just not meant to be cutting off circulation in that way all the time. So I, I think that we have to do practices to help, you know, make sure that the blood flow is flowing. Good. Okay. Well, I feel like I went through everyone's questions and they were kind of like, common topics that I was seeing a lot so I hope you guys got some you know answers and some clarity on some of your own personal issues and problems but before we wrap up as I mentioned earlier Nicole has a whole book about this stuff called <laughs> fix your period so obviously if we didn't answer your question I'm sure the, I'm sure the answer is likely to be in there but can you just tell everyone what readers can expect and like what the format kind of is of this book yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much again for having me. This was such a good conversation. I, yes. I love these conversations that are so candid because it's what it should be. And, you know, there's so much secrecy. So I want to I want to dismantle all of that. But, you know, the book is called Fix Your Period. Like you said, I outlined a whole six week program uh, in it so that people could start to, you know, pick and choose, you know, what feels like the best thing for you to do for your health, like start with the diet stuff or start with the stress stuff. But it's a whole program that I outlined. And in the first three chapters, I really walk you through the, the period literacy. Like I want every woman to be period literate. Like I really want you to understand what's normal for you, start tracking your cycle and just understanding like where your symptoms show up in your cycle and, you know, and how severe they are. Um, and from there, you can have educated conversations with your doctor. So that was my goal with the first third of the book. And then the second part of the book is all about the protocol. And then the final part of the book is about living more in tandem with your cycle. So learning to uh, understand the phases of your cycle and changing your exercise routines and your diet and your lifestyle practices with, you know, in accordance to your cycle. And I also talk a lot about advanced practices that you can do as well as hormone testing and things like that in the third part part of the book so it's pretty full-on <laughs> I feel like that is going straight in my Amazon basket if it's there but I've linked I will link Nicole's book in the description section of this episode as well if anyone wants to check it out Nicole also has a podcast called the period party if you want to keep listening to more of Nicole's period knowledge and you know she has really I've seen you've got really tailored episodes for like all period dilemmas like any sort of period <laughs> dilemma that you might have come across she has an episode on it so if we didn't cover it in this episode I'm sure you will find it there but again thank you so much for coming on I feel like I have uh, this is kind of the purpose of my podcast I feel like all my guests I have on not only teach me so much but I hope anyone that's listening can relate well kind of hope that you can't relate to period problems but you know <laughs> it normalizes topics that definitely need to be spoken about more and you know if this was your sign to go and get something checked or looked at I like you know I, I hope this has been really beneficial in some in some way so yeah thank you yeah. so much for coming on thank you so much for having me I feel like this was really such a good conversation and I so hope it helps your audience thank you Wow, honestly, I feel like after speaking with Nicole, I just suddenly want to not like change my life, but I just want to put my period first. Do you know what I mean? And just make sure everything is okay. I really hope you guys enjoyed the episode. It wasn't meant to be like a scary episode and or like anything like that. It was just meant to be helpful. And I know just from personal experience and just like with talking with, you know, like random people in my life that like we all go through just the most when it comes to our periods um and we've all got you know it's it, not like it's normal actually no yeah it is normal to feel a little bit question mark when it comes to your period and I feel like I hope this has been the kick up the backside if anyone needed it to just go to the doctor and like ask questions about it even though I know I said I had a bad experience with the doctor I after this episode I feel like 
I've plucked up the courage and I want to go again because I know it's just so, so important. So like I said, at the end of that episode, Nicole does have a book all about this kind of stuff, which I actually think I'm going to pick up. It's the Fix Your Period book. It's on, it's on Amazon. You can get it in Audible. You can get it in hardback, paperback. I will leave it linked down below. She also has her own podcast, which I will leave linked down below if you want to hear more on her and just her period knowledge. Honestly, she was just so, so lovely to speak to. I had the best time talking with her. And I feel like it was just on such an important topic that we need to talk about more. So I really hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, we've got a really exciting episode next week. I feel like I say that about every episode. I literally said that at the beginning of this podcast. But I'm so glad you guys are loving these episodes and finding them beneficial. So I will see you guys next Monday. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.